Welcome to The Counter-Programmers. This week we will be discussing Gangs of London Episode 10, or aka Episode 8.5-82Z Quadrant Alpha Delta Omega. I'm Jason. I'm Paco. And this week we're going to not only digest the entire um, series, but go over the finale of the awesome uh sky series uh gangs of london mm-hmm. um what did you think of the uh the finale <laughs> oh my gosh how did you get your butthole that close <laughs> to the microphone so quick uh, i mean it it's a very frustrating finale uh in part because this feels like when the smart kid in class got like a B. Like it might have been an A minus paper, but the teacher expects more out of you by the end of the year. Mm. And that's what's up with this. Like episodes one through six are all like fucking incredible. And then yeah. seven, eight, and nine are all building up to this grand finale. And it's kind of a dud. I felt like a timeshare cell where it was like, okay, the first six episodes are awesome. Like you're so on board. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of trails into what they were wanting to sell you, which was season two. Like, I feel like everything was kind of leading towards this big finale. And instead without like ending the show, they wanted to continue several threads. So they like made it as broad and open-ended as they could but not in like a fun way or I don't know. Like I'm stoked to still watch season two or tune in, but it, it, it didn't feel like organic, like part of the story, like, like the wire, mm-hmm. you know, like where it's like self-contained enough, but uh, you know, could also, you know, transcend into different t- stories. I mean, even something like gang of Thrones, which end ended horribly or game of thrones did you say gang of thrones i said gang of thrones and then i was hoping no one would catch me uh thank um, you for no <laughs> copyright no yeah. paco copyright we're gonna make a, a mashup of gangs of london and yeah. uh <laughs> but like you know they would end the way the season in a way where you felt satisfied like as you felt like everything had paid off but you were still curious to see what happened next at least for mm-hmm. the first few years of that show and um this it's just i feel like most of the people are acting out of character uh we're just killing off half the cast uh and apparently shifting things to jamaica for next time um oh really well i don't know if you saw that but elliot when he's talking to his dad and he's like remember that place we always said we'd go why don't you head over there early and his dad Hmm. looking at a postcard for jamaica and he's like Oh, uh, shit, I totally... Yeah, so I think that's the idea there, um, that Elliot's going to try to be leaving town. 
But because I was going to say, like, what, well, what do you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I don't know what to think because, as this episode says, pawns can be kings. But like, what the fuck is he going to be the king of? Like, mm-hmm. he's just a bigger pawn now because he's not a cop, and he's not really a criminal because he killed you know, his old boss. I mean, I guess he could kind of go into business for himself, but that's complicated because he's been a pawn to the big corporation. Um, See, I feel like it's going to go in the direction of A and B storylines across uh, the ocean where it's going to be, you know, maybe Mossy will be the bad guy who's moved into London and is taking over everything. Mossy died, didn't he? Kuka read him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, I would wonder, okay, instead of Mossy, you're so right. Um, I wonder if like Alex and Ed are going to be in over their heads with their new uh, financier or their new people that they work for. And that maybe like, are you buying into this uh, Sean isn't dead thing? Like I've been reading that a bunch over the, on the interwebs and it just is kind of like, I think even Gareth Evans, it was a little coy going like, there's a reason that he was shot in the cheek and not the, you know, head or whatever. Uh, the, and the I'm cheek just like, is your head, dude. <laughs> yeah. It, like it exits or it implants itself somewhere, but it's also like, I, I don't think you can have two rebirths in one show like episode where Marion survives and then cool. Mm-hmm. Sean is on life support after being shot in the head. Come on. I mean, I think it's, pretty fucking dumb if sean doesn't end up dead uh but also like joe cole none of the people in this are really stars but joe cole is probably the closest you know yeah. he's had the longest career so far so but I, that also means he's expensive and true. in that wardrobe how many polos and jeans to tuck in are you gonna have you know in season two i mean that's saving a lot of money in wardrobe you could buy like five extra fights with just that wardrobe oh totally yeah 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 i don't know i i think that would be i would be very frustrated if it becomes too focused on ed and alex because at this point they're not interesting characters Um, yeah and i think marion becoming kind of like an agent of revenge would be cool uh to go back to game of thrones uh the same actress as catelyn stark um in the books turns into like after she dies she comes back and is like a murderous zombie that's killing uh everyone who is involved in her son's death and whoa game of thrones wasn't in the no it was not um and Game of Thrones fans were bummed about that. So I could see Evans, if he's a Game of Thrones fan, being like, well, I'll just make Lady Stoneheart in Gangs of London, uh, which would fucking rule. Uh, mm. <laughs> except she works with the Irish. And as the show has established, the Irish are good for absolutely nothing except getting yeah, shot. Sure. Yeah. Um, so she needs some better Irish people um, if there are such a thing. <laughs> speaking as an irish person yeah disclaimer <laughs> you're not just gonna <laughs> we're a small pale unhealthy people like you yeah. know 
there's a reason we got conquered by the British, you know, because yeah. you're too nice and sweet. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that could be interesting in a way that uh, going too deep into the financial side isn't. I think it's interesting yeah. the characters who are explicitly still alive. So we've got Marion, we've got Floriana, of course we've got Elliot, we've got Shannon, we've got all the Dumanis, and then we've got uh, what's his face, Becky or Jackie, and John's uh, brother and Billy. Billy and Billy does say, you know, if anything happens to him, I'll kill you. So mm-hmm. it's setting up all the Wallaces kind of going to war with Elliot. Uh, now that he's out yeah i mean i think season two will take like the parks and rec approach where it could be five years later or like x amount of time Mm -hmm. because then it would be able to build okay we don't have to spend so much time with alex and ed building this new empire we don't have to spend as much time with uh elliot kind of finding you know his place and trying to kind of regroup before going back to london if that's the you know um like uh, the death of Marion and how it's figured after X amount of time could probably put Alex and Ed at ease or like there's just, or not, you know, like there's so many different things that time can do. And I think it could change the characters almost for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that they do that because I, I think there would be, I mean, I don't even know if they've started shooting. I know season two was announced um, shortly after this uh, premiered in the UK because Apparently, this was the second um, most tuned in show. One of their biggest shows. Um, I mean, uh, in I think it was the one that was the most tuned was Chernobyl from last year, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I want them to have the time to do it right. Uh, obviously, the end of this didn't feel right. So I want yeah. them to figure out what will work and go from there. It's it's frustrating. Uh, I mean, we don't see Lale getting any kind of revenge on Asif in person in this episode, but obviously, yeah, it happened off screen. They're both still alive, but now she's murdered his son. So that's going to be a through line to next season. Um, However, it did show, you know, the interesting contrast to that was it didn't show her killing, gosh, what's his name? Nasir. Mm-hmm. Um, but it showed the like lovemaking scene with her and Sean almost as a transition for her character to go, you know, this is kind of the only thing that matters is this moment, this kind of bookend that I, I'd be surprised if we saw much of Lale at all next season. Like, I mean, that's assuming Asif isn't going to you know that's true turn over every stone to kill her um yeah which that is true which i mean he his performance that that actor uh is fantastic and and uh that was one of the standouts to the last episode was how kind of tortured and he's like the sad dad in mm-hmm. the episode for for obvious reasons but like everything um that's happened in the entire show thus far has been about father and son relationships and just being a child and being a parent. And um, that's one of the more authentic depictions of fatherhood where like he, he 
obviously you can tell that he cares for his son, that it's not just kind of like a cold exchange where, you know, like Finn and his kids that seem more of like a, Mm -hmm. you know, bravado thing or, you know, it seemed like there was more to it. Yeah, Um, he definitely actually cared, but he also basically (laughs) set his kid up for failure. Um, Yeah, yeah, hot failure. It'll be interesting because I I do, again, think he's an interesting actor. Uh, I I don't know. For me, the central issue with this episode goes back to Elliot. And part of it's the way this episode is told, uh, where... We see, yeah, it goes back and forth between different time periods. Yeah, and so we're seeing Elliot do things that are out of character for him before we see the reason why he's doing them. Mm-hmm. And I think because of the shock of seeing the out of character things before the explanation, uh, mm. it makes it harder to understand because him shooting Sean goes against everything we've seen so far. And obviously they've put in some work about him being a grieving former husband and dad who lost his family and wouldn't want to lose it again. But I still just don't think that emotional shift of going from cop to murderer, I mean, basically the same thing already, but uh, doing it officially is earned narratively but that's kind of fishy too because exactly like it feels so out of character that you're like okay what the hell do these guys know that we don't because that is so like you wouldn't have 18 or in the uk there's 10 but i think there's 20 here Uh, either way um i don't think you'd have that like 10 episode arc only to end it there in such this like weird way unless there is like another conceit where Joe Cole is going to be in the next season in flashback explaining the events leading up to that or something like, or it just, I mean, we talked about it off mic, but maybe it's like a, no, it couldn't be a prosthetic deal because it's Alex's gun. It went, Okay. Let's say it was a small caliber gun mm-hmm. uh, or the uh, bullet was super small, went into the cheek, embedded in the tongue. He totally survived. He's like Gary Oldman and Hannibal. Uh, totally. He's, got the fucked up face and yeah i mean it's maybe it's possible but go ahead no i it's just like i i think it's not this is like when your dad's like i'm not mad at you i'm just disappointed mm-hmm. it's like after six episodes the show was like on the holy mount where i was like super embedded into the story and like feeling it and it was so well written mm-hmm. and then as soon as like there was just this weird downturn shift where i feel like everything was kind of focused on place setting and putting all of the characters where they need to be without necessarily the drive or motivation that is fun or like as interesting or fast as the show was beforehand mm-hmm. And and granted, the most emotional, big, you know, stuff happens in those first six episodes. And And here it's... With that, the other thing is, it's setting up everything for the end of the season to be more of the epic fight scenes that we get at the start. Yeah. And there's almost none of that in this episode. Like, there's one crappy nightclub fight scene and that's it and it's not like you don't sound like a snotty like 15 year old going like oh there's not enough lightsaber Mm -hmm. fight fights in this movie or whatever it's just it's 
in the context of the entire series. Exactly. It's, it's so disjointed. You're like, how do you have this many amazing sequences only to have it fizzle out? It's so uneven and unfocused. It would be like if at the end of Mad Max Fury Road, when they're like, okay, let's go back. There was no fucking car chase back. They just yeah. went back. Or they were just yeah. like, no, I don't really feel like it. Let's just stay here. Yeah. Okay. And there was no, like, there's no climax to the season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, emotionally, I guess the climax might be blowing up the tower or something, but there's sure. no action climax. There are so many great action set pieces in the first several episodes. I'd even say the Kukuri one in episode nine is worthwhile, but to set up all these epic conflicts and have them play out off screen or next season it's just fucking disappointing and yeah it i wouldn't be saying every show needs a fight scene at the end uh like in the finale but this is a show called gangs of london created by the guy who made the raid and has had a fight in every fucking episode just about it's had some kind of action set piece at least like the sniper set piece and the butcher set piece aren't fights really, but they're incredible. And this is just nothing like it's the least dynamic of any in the season. And it's so, yeah. it feels like they were just tired and wanted to get the season like over with. Money. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Uh, but it, it's definitely going out with a whimper. Well, I mean, that's that's also to say, too, that it's it's not like, okay, there's lack of action or whatever, but you love the characters and that's great. But even like the writing, like there's not enough like oomph to it. It's not like you're watching The Sopranos or something where two people could just talk for 20 minutes and you're super happy or mm-hmm. you're, you're like engrossed with every piece of language. It's just like there's little bits and pieces here and there of all the characters and they're both they're all doing their own things that you're expecting them to do. And it's not like anything exciting, like even a big showdown. Even, um, even like you were saying before, like in previous episodes, the writing has been strong enough where the, it feels more dynamic and more like, I mean, I'm not going to compare it to the Sopranos because the (laughs) Sopranos is the Sopranos and nothing else is quite there, but it's really, really well done when they aren't just moving chess pieces around on the board. And this episode is just a total chess piece episode. It's just setting things up again. It's like uh, edging and edging and edging and never busting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's totally. And I just want to move. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I've never thought about it in that crass way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> It's like wiping and wiping and wiping and it just... Dude, it's like that tiny part. little piece of poop that won't fall off. It, Ugh, it, never-ending milk dud, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's, it's the bottomless milk God. <laughs> By Nestle. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just want to shift in the conspiracy corner for a second because we're here. Let's do it. Uh, Audience, we are recording this, I think, uh, well, it's the day before inauguration. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw a QAnon on Parlor talk about how her diarrhea uh, was turned into the face of Trump in the toilet. And it was a sign that Trump was going to uh, 
pull this out and Joe Biden would not be president by uh, this time tomorrow. By the time we're, you're hearing this, we assume that Biden is president unless uh, diarrhea QAnon lady was right. But uh, it's just the most. This could be our final episode, period. Yeah. That anyone hears of us. Yeah. Again. We might end up in the uh, Gitmo camps uh, for being. The apocalypse. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's just like Watchmen. I guess both uh, versions of the ending, but it's all poop. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> That's what she saw. It's just like, there's not a more fucking American thing than looking at your diarrhea as tea leaves for why some dipshit reality TV show should stay president. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of genius though. Cause it's like the people that are like, Oh my, uh, my sculpture bled, you know, of Mary Magdalene or whatever bled mm-hmm. from her eyes. And then it stopped and people worship it. It'd be kind of this weird Tim and Eric practical joke of making all these people visit your crapper yeah. just to take a picture of you in their in your poop. God, I think that's like a make a wish thing. That's um, really genius. Yeah, I'm also just kind of astounded by like that texturing. Like for me, it it's just like Jackson Pollock came and visited, you know. Like I don't, yeah. I don't ever get any sort of human faces in my. Yeah, pieces. it's like is she moving around to like have the different shades for like. There wasn't a pick, uh, hmm. which she could be full of shit, pun intended. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> or not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but so people believe this for real. Like, is this like an American saint of poop? I mean, it was something today. I think QAnon people are just desperate because you know they think that. Joe Biden is a demon pedophile who isn't that sacrilegious to see an idol that you worship in your toilet. Maybe it's the only way Donald Trump can talk to you. I don't know. Uh, He doesn't have Twitter anymore. How else is he supposed to get in touch with you? Homing pigeons. Now hear me out. It's like, let's, let's copyright this now. If you've been banned from Twitter, we offer homing pigeons to each of your, (laughs) we'll run a dummy account, a burner account and let you see all the, huh? All right. Sorry. That ended up going nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) No, what I, I believe in that conspiracy. I think uh, that people are dumb and that that's a true conspiracy I, that all these people are working together to be dumb. I will together. say, I do think it blends back into gangs of London because much mm. like QAnon, we have waited and waited and waited and have been let down in the last stretch, you know, much like QAnon, we had exciting moments where there were shootouts. I think in QAnon, there was a shootout in Germany uh, if we had shootout after shootout and all these exciting cast of characters only for it to be a wet fart at the end, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. On that note, would you recommend Kings of London season one overall? And are you looking forward to season two? Well, that, that's what I was going to ask you about was in closing, like what would you have rather have seen a one season limited series like thing where there is like an exhilarating conclusion or would you have um, wanted to see another season? Like if you were halfway through the season, were you like, Oh, I could watch five seasons of this. I, I could still watch five seasons of this. I 
just wish they would clean up some of the messiness. Like, I think there's a lot of promise here for just kind of fun, entertaining crime drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, do you think there's just too many characters and plot threads or like, how do you think? I feel they like maybe they got overwhelmed by all that. And I think the fact that they kill off so many characters basically off screen in this episode uh, demonstrates yeah. that they were aware of that. And that's going to be something they are like honing in on for this next season. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm being too optimistic, but I like everything Evans does. Um, even his lesser stuff, like Apostle. Um, did you ever see that? Dance? No, no, no. That's like, the Netflix one. It's like a Wicker Man type deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Stevens is a cop that goes to an island and there's a bunch of pagans and he's trying to investigate what's going on. Um, Sold. It's That sounds awesome. It's like a solid C plus. Like, I'm down. It's not good, but it's also, I mean, it's fucking Dan Stevens and Gareth Evans, and yeah, Evans isn't great at horror, uh, but there's enough there to make it interesting. He's mm-hmm. kind of like the opposite of uh, Timo Tiawantu, who he's worked with previously. Uh, Timo is way too extreme for action. Uh, anyone who's seen headshot or uh the night comes for us could uh tell you that um but he, his horror stuff is so fucking fun and evans produced a couple of timo's things uh i think they should collaborate on something in the future it'd be really interesting to see what they do i think obviously evans isn't in indonesia anymore uh otherwise be a good fit anyways i am getting way off topic uh <laughs> well like uh were there any other shows that struck you while you were watching this series like where you thought okay uh they're inspired by maybe this series or that season of this or like did you feel like this was close in tone to anything like like boardwalk empire or i mean i i feel like or did it stand out it felt kind of similar in tone to most gritty anti-hero crime dramas of the last 15 years. I don't mm-hmm. think it stands out in terms of the characters or writing. I mean, I'm not saying that as a bad thing because I think there are a lot of really well done gritty anti-hero shows. And I think this is one of them. Uh, but I mean, for me, what stands out is the, action set pieces and the cinematography or choreography and cinematography of them. Uh, Evans just knows how to do that. Like few others, he's a generational talent. And I feel like when the show is not doing that, it's not playing to its strengths because I mean, you don't hire Jimi Hendrix to play fucking Ramones tunes, you know? That would be awesome, though. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, but I'm saying, like, if it's just three... three oh. <laughs> if it's just three chords and fast, like, uh, the skill involved is not his skill set. Uh, and I feel like the plotting and some of the other... There's a reason he does the action-heavy episodes and other yeah. directors did the other stuff. 
It's interesting that you say that because I, I was thinking about how I could almost view um, the first half of the season and the second half of the season as different shows or or like mm-hmm. like different directors or a different vision. And I could almost view episode one or I guess episode one and two um, and episode six are two separate movies. Like I feel like they stand alone. Mm-hmm are really exciting in their own ways that they just like the series couldn't necessarily um, get back to the highs of that. And I almost just feel like I'm more impressed by how those are shot. I mean, explicitly like episode six is amazing, like well worth the view of the entire season. Like I really enjoyed it, but six was huge. Like that was one of the, my favorite, like it's my um, favorite episode of tv from last year like oh yeah yeah like i would re-watch that episode multiple times like mm-hmm. again as its own movie like if you take out everything the context still works mm-hmm. it's like how do you do that it's it's it's, it's incredible it fucking rules and yeah. like it's heartbreaking uh and they get so oh. much pathos just out of like without overwriting anything that is all in you know those small character moments and i think that's something that gets overlooked in the last few episodes of the show yeah um well it's less of a participant where i feel like the first six episodes especially the bookend of the sixth episode i felt like a participant mm -hmm. like i was in the room and i was part of this and then the the next parts were kind of like the Jurassic, you know, in the original Jurassic Park ride where they're explaining the DNA and shit. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I was just on this ride where I was just watching all these people do these things and set up shit and then it was over. That's and a really it, good way to put it. You're right. You don't feel as in the mix with everyone after that. And yeah. that's, I don't know why that is, but it's interesting. I wasn't even as like the, uh, you know, Shannon kills Vicky in this episode and it's super sudden and it's showing, you know, that Shannon is, is ruthless and that she's not like, she's not a non-threat to Elliot, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was almost like she was done in so quickly. And that's kind of the norm for, you know, several characters in this episode who die um, where it's just kind of including Sean um they're just dealt with and then it's over and you're like okay that's realistic like of course it would just be over but in the context of a drama it's like it's not it doesn't feel fair god nothing's worse than a white guy saying something's not fair right i mean Uh, like a fucking dude hacking up bodies had more of a death scene than exactly most of these characters in the same show and it's just like the emotion, like Vicky has been there kind of the ally this entire season. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel the same when she died or was murdered as I felt at the end of episode six, where it wasn't like there was just so much more weight to it. And mm-hmm. again, as a participant, I was like, you know, revenge doesn't feel like I didn't want something to happen to these people anyway, but the, nothing good comes of violence <laughs> was the ultimate message. Like it was, it was just uh it was such a powerful moment. And it was again, like so obliquely just dev- It was just a, a wonderful episode. 
and it never uh, like there's a couple of like sporadic great moments in the latter half mm-hmm. but it's it's uh it's just again a lot of work goes into making television and I'm, i totally get it it just feels like they dropped the ball on the the like latter half and including the finale like the finale is kind of your opportunity to go okay you've been here with us this whole time and now we're gonna like sell you on why you should continue watching into the next season exactly but it's like there's all these open threads like oh what's gonna go happen with elliot like you know diplomatic immunity lethal weapon two style is it lethal weapon two lethal weapon two Uh, (laughs) diplomatic immunity (laughs) Uh, but, uh, it's like, okay, Marion faked her own death. And then you were saying that, um, Floriana was the one. No, it is. I paused because I rewatched it again, uh, before and Amazon even says it's Floriana. But Uh, hasn't Amazon fucked up something before? Amazon's fucked up something before, but there's like some racist shit. He's got like the actress, Floriana hasn't been in enough for me to really recognize her, but the actress that helps Mary uh, Marion has a like Eastern European accent. So mm-hmm. I think it's probably Floriana between everything. Uh, but how how does that work? Because don't like she says something to her like I'm like, going to help you, you Marion. But that's just like what would that mean? <laughs> Maybe like, oh, like you're my husband's Finn like, stole all this shit, but Floriana was in on it, and Marion was always going to get a payout. I don't know uh, because remember yeah. she was trapped for most of the season, so we don't yeah. know what her deal is. Hmm. So, I mean, that's interesting. That could be something. Are you interested in a? season two like when it comes back well that's the thing these these a-holes and i say that with a lot of respect but it's like sope derisu bless your heart for introducing this dear man to me because i like and i mean it goes with the rest of the cast too like they're they're phenomenal like there's say what you will about some of the writing and all of the performances have been spot on the casting has been spot on Mm -hmm. and the idea that like you can juggle all these characters, including like Billy and Jackie, like these like third, fourth le- uh, tier characters and make you care about them is really great. Um, is really great, like screenwriting and directing and all of the performers are awesome. But I, I really would have rather seen the entire thing conclude here. Like, I don't think I would have necessarily needed a second one. But now because of how all of the th- you know, different streams, uh, you know, led off in this Delta. I kind of want to see what paths they take to the ocean. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know what the fuck just happened in the last episode and not for the like, Oh my God, a cliffhanger thing, but more of like writing. I want to know what you've made of this. Cause it's, yeah, it's kind of so open-ended where it's almost like we don't really, okay. It was such a success and we sold a second season or a second season's now happening what the fuck are we going to do? Let's make all of these different uh, things happen at the end so that we can have some time, uh, you know, to figure it out. Cause I mean, at this point, who knows, like the next season will occur in April, 2022. 
I mean, it's a British show, so they always take their time. It could be like 2025. Um, there you go. If enough time has passed. But then again, you know, Sope Dirisu may be like the most worldwide superstar. He'll be uh, locked into some Marvel character, you know. He'll be the new Human Torch or something by that point. Oh my gosh, that would be... That would be a interesting cast cast. <laughs> like I can't because he's so like not the human torch, like mm-hmm. the like brothery, like the like, well, gee, golly, I'm I'm hey, whatever, uh, Sue. I don't know. Like, yeah, the, I just think of Chris Evans when I think of like the the archetype of the obnoxious, young, cocky one. And Sope Dorisu is like the badass. Like he would be yeah. more of like. I don't know. I was just trying to think of a Marvel character uh, because I can't think of anything because fucking like Jonathan Majors from uh, Lovecraft Country and Last Black Man in San Francisco is Mm -hmm. like King the Conqueror or something and Ant-Man 3 some random but I think that's who it is. It's like a time traveling whatever. Fuck it. It's stupid. Um, Yeah. Speaking of stupid man, uh have you seen one division dude I-, I got halfway through the first episode and i couldn't get into it but spoilers i was drunk so i just i couldn't get the tone right like it was really off kilter in a weird I way i think me. it's really really dumb i think it's the dumbest thing i've ever seen uh really it's Hot take t- tell, tell me like you watch two episodes you said yeah uh, i've seen both the ones that are out it's pleasantville it's just fucking pleasantville um huh. so far but i love pleasantville all right well uh that's where <laughs> we're we'll <end> <laughs> right <laughs> no 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 but like uh, like it, but the the reason why pleasantville works is that it's like it's wink wink we know what we're doing like this is like you're in on the joke kind of thing where at least how i remember it it's been 10 years i saw it on vhs last time mm-hmm. um but I f- again, I haven't finished the first episode, but it just feels like really bad. Like someone was trying to remake an episode of like the Mary Tyler Moore show. No, or it's, like it's like I love Mitch. Lucy. I think I, but it's not I heard, like I love Lucy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the thing. I it's, mean, I love Lucy. It's not that funny either. I, I hey, think I think the leads I'm, are kind of charming. Uh, but I heard that the overall idea is every episode is a different decade in sitcom history. So the first one's like a 50 sitcom. The second and then it's one's all like in the family 60. or whatever. Uh, the second one's like leave it to Beavery, I guess, or Andy Griffithy. Do you think they'll do the Cosby show? I hope so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or like Family Matters where there's like a little Urkel. God. Paul Bellamy is uh, Urkel. Man. Weird. Yeah. So, anyways, it sucks and it's dumb and I don't like it. But uh, so are you gonna are you gonna continue watching? Or I mean, I because I love the both of them. Paul Bettany and uh, Elizabeth Olsen are great. Yeah, I I like to have things on in the background when I'm working uh, from home because I a lot of it's like reading contracts and shit where I with as someone with ADD, I like to be able to bounce between what I'm doing. It actually helps me focus on the reading more. Uh, so yeah, it's 
it's something I can have on in the background and half pay attention to when I'm at work. I would never give my full attention to it because I think it's dumb. Uh, but uh, it's inoffensive enough to have on while I work. So I'll, I'll stick with it for now. Right on. Well, gosh, you've sold me on probably sitting it out for a while. <laughs> I'll update you if that changes. Uh, yeah. So anyways, any final thoughts on Gangs of London before we announce what we're doing next? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm kind of on board. I think that this wasn't, I don't know if I would have found this uh, if you hadn't recommended it or have like found it. So mm-hmm. I totally appreciate your recommendation. And this was like, really fun i think i'm going to i mean seek it out for season two because i'm interested i think that you don't necessarily see some of the depictions of gangsters or crime movies like this mm-hmm. in that it, it stands out for a multitude of reasons including you know diversity and inclusion and not just selling it on those facets alone but great writing to like sell these characters and it, that's just it was a. Uh, just a great watch. I'm I'm kind of stoked for season two. Hell yeah! How about you? Uh yeah. Uh, Do you I, have any final? Uh... More butt kicking in season two. Oh, totally. And... Like some naked uh, Eastern promises butt kicking with Sope Dorisu just like cartwheeling and roundhouse kicking <laughs> some shit. And that's my fan fiction. Okay, you get that. I want like a eight diagram pole fighter finale ending. Have you ever seen that? Uh, <laughs> no. They fucking are just throwing these giant poles at uh gordon Liu, and he's got to be like doing these epic jumps to get out of the way of them like it's huh. it was incredibly dangerous but it looks incredible uh so you know just start throwing shit at people and make them jump out of the way that's uh that's what i i got awesome um jay uh up next is your pick for counter programmers do you want to introduce it yeah, I'm um I'm kind of stoked because this was a show that I was going to watch by myself anyway, uh or at least like not, you know, for any project or anything like that. Um but because it for one looked amazing, it, it involves um a key person that I just love. Um in this uh season or this uh television show I have chosen is Raised by Wolves. Um, which was uh, co-created. Well, I guess I don't know if he co-created it as much as he directed the first two episodes, but Ridley Scott is a collaborator. His name is all over it. And I think he had something to do with it uh, because Um, they definitely promoted it as Ridley Scott's Raised by Wolves. And I mean, it looks pretty uh prometheusy um in the way that the aesthetics and the color like mm-hmm. it, it it looks really interesting and it's on hbo max um if you're able to subscribe <laughs> and follow along with us too but i'm i'm kind of stoked uh what, what do you think you you've seen the whole no uh, i watched about three episodes when it first came out and i'm not a huge prometheus guy uh, mm. or really a huge Ridley Scott guy. I'm a Tony man. Um, mm. Me too. But it, I don't know. I want to save most of my thoughts for when we get into it, but I think there's a lot of fascinating things to say about it. And I think uh, the fact that there's high budget sci-fi TV getting made uh, fucking rules. 
So totally. uh, we will. Yeah, I mean, it's a different. It's a different genre too. Like it's not like we were going to do Peaky Blinders next. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <clears throat> I think we're going to keep this kind of generational, and uh, it's going to be fun to kind of explore some sci-fi stuff, and maybe who knows what couple hour tangents I can squeeze out of you in terms of Star Trek shit. Fuck yeah. Because I haven't I haven't seen the show, so I'm kind of stoked. All right. And I hope uh, I hope you all stick around with us for series 2.15 with Raised by Wolves. All right. We will see you next week. <laughs>